This is a 30-second stereo radio for Trade School in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title, Project Planning Homeowner 101. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from the Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 Livestream Workshops from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com workshops. What if you could make fresh, delicious meals at home without the stress of planning, prepping, or cleaning up? Introducing Tavala. Tavala is a first-of-its-kind meal service that makes eating well effortless. By combining a countertop smart oven with delivered meals, just scan a QR code to cook dinner. First, choose from a variety of chef-crafted meals delivered weekly to your door. When you're ready to eat, just do one minute of easy prep. Next, scan your meal's QR code with the Tavala Smart Oven. While the oven automatically switches between modes and temperatures for the perfect cook, just sit back and relax. Your food's ready in 25 minutes or less. No shopping, no chopping, no cleanup. Simplify mealtime today with Tavala. Go to Tavala.com now to save $150 on a Tavala Smart Oven when you agree to order meals six times. That's T-O-V-A-L-A dot com. Promo applied automatically at checkout. Tavala. Eat well effortlessly. Tavala dot com. Now back to Riffin' with Raph and AD on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right. We're back again Wednesday night, the quickest two hours of the week, riffing with Ralph and AD, and we're here with our guest, the legend number 15, fullback Nebraska Cornhuskers, <laughs> Willie Miller. I just love doing the introductions. Can you tell? Yeah, I can tell. Fullback legend. Fullback legend. Just a guy that tried his best out there, man. That boy good. Yeah. That boy good. There you go. <laughs> Coming to there America again. <laughs> yeah. But you remember you saying that about a really terrible band in that So we had a text come in on the text line and it was, how does, how does Nebraska capitalize on NIL being that the population size of Nebraska is smaller compared to the other schools? How I kind of have an idea how it'll work, but what do you guys feel? How do you guys feel about that? I'll let AD kind of give his thing, but I can say. Go ahead, brother. The thing I would say about this is a lot of people don't understand that there's Husker fans all throughout the nation. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of other, you know, larger cities, whatever, they have their their team, but that's their area. Yes, they have a high population, but like I said, you can go across, you know, not just the United States, but you can go overseas and you'll find Husker fans. So that's one of the ways I'd say is, you know, people can get mm, very focused in, but they're missing the bigger picture as far as where the numbers come from. Like I said, that's just my little take on it. Repeat that question again. Well, 
if I can interject I, real quick, I, I, I think I think you said it just a little backwards. Okay, it's, sorry. Uh, how will Nebraska take advantage take advantage of NIL as opposed to other schools that have less donors? Because Nebraska has a very strong okay. donor. Sorry, group, so. I, I saw it wrong. Yeah. I was thanks for leading me just totally down the wrong. But road. that, could, but <laughs> that know, that that, that answer you gave was amazing, though. Mm. I mean, I agree with you. Like a lot of people forget from time to time that there's Nebraska spread all over the country. It's just not you know Nebraska. There's still there's still some Nebraska fans out there. I think, perfect example. Yeah, we may not have the population other places have. You know, the whole states, give or take 1.7 million, just north or south, shy of that number. However, Nebraska has no pro teams in any sport. We have one Division One team in the entire state in football. Nebraska football is the front porch light to the to the nation. Other places that may have bigger populations. Okay, perfect example. You look at somebody even our own. Um, um, you got Iowa, Iowa State, Iowa, Northern Iowa. You know they have you know sub you know like you know small um, um, uh, arena football teams and things like that. You look at a, a bigger place like Ohio State. You've got several D one places. We can go all over the place. What I'm simply saying is we have the interests of the state, sometimes good mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes to our own demise because there is no diversion, if you would. But Nebraska football, you go to Arizona. We have a lot of – well, you, you nailed it. You go to Texas, dude, they have ne- Texans for Nebraskans. California's for Nebraskans. New Jersey's for Nebraskans. Arizona's for Nebraskans. We have a very huge and rabid fan base to where we can capitalize on those things. I think it was Casey Thompson. Like I said, I can't go. I can't say per se for, for numbers, but he was quoted on, uh, you know, quoted as saying, "Hey, look, you can make six figures coming to Nebraska." I'm just thinking, it's amazing how quickly that's changed, though. Carter, what do you think, brother? No, yeah, I think that Nebraska is definitely going to be able to take advantage of NIL compared to other places because it's basically you guys kind of covered the basis of it. I mean, the fan base is so loyal and so dedicated that even when the team struggles, I mean, we've seen it. You know, they keep the sellout streak. They, you know, they keep showing up every week, and they have undying support even again as you mentioned to a little too much sometimes but uh yes yeah i I think that the nil is gonna be a big deal and hopefully bring in you know more and more recruits as time goes on but carter you think about this and this is just a fact three and nine last year Fifty-five thousand people at practice on Saturday. <laughs> Come on, we talk. We're talking about practice. You're talking, about, talking practice. about practice. Man, we're talking about practice. You're not even talking about a game. I'm talking about the game not I love. Game. We're talking about practice. Fifty-five thousand people out of practice in the first half. They weren't even tackling. Think about that. That's the type of support we have at Nebraska because they, in fact, you know, they want we want to win so bad. But, man, like they say, I mean, this is going to sound cheesy, but it's true. They're, like our fight song, there is no place like Nebraska, man. You know, it's nuts to see that. Man, look, I'll tell you right now. Other places, if they're three and nine, in fact, let's even say this. Let's say they're four and eight. Let's say they're six and six. Tell me another school that's going to get 50,000 50, plus people at a, at, a, at a practice. It ain't, it ain't so to answer that question again, we'll do just fine in NIL. Willie, you get to Nebraska. You mentioned Coach Solich, which we've heard a number of times with various guests on on the Captain Show, you know, with VJ Show on um, Old School with DP and Foreman. We've mentioned, you know, Frank's name's come up a number of times. Even Strickland's brought his name up a number of times. Coach, and there was a thing that Adam Carricker had on him um, that was a pretty cool article. I won't get deep into, it, but just kind of shows 
uh, the loyalty that Coach um, Solich has to had to us, you know, gave me my first job. In fact, I was a, I was a ball boy for the Nebraska football schools when I was like eleven. Okay. Coach Solich, Coach Solich used to run the Big Red schools. So you mentioned Coach Solich. Mm-hmm. You mentioned coming here your senior year. Tell us about your the game that you love, the one that you, sticks out the most, the biggest win, the one that hurt the most. As far as me playing, you talking yes. about watching. Just, you, no, just you in general, your, your, your career. Biggest win, biggest loss. Man, that's, that's, that's tough. That's, that's really tough. I'd say as far as the biggest win, man, that's just tough, AD. But mm-hmm. I, for me personally, I'd say the win would have been when we played the uh, – Tostitos Fiesta Bowl against Tennessee, um, and when we won that 2000, yeah, we won that uh, that game in 2000. In so it was in the '99 season, mm-hmm. right, going mm-hmm. into 2000. Mm-hmm. That was a big one for me, just in the sense that that game was really on the line, and the timing was such that I ended up getting the trap, and that trap kind of helped spring us forth a little bit. Mm-hmm. Plus, it was really cool, man, because we had I believe four 90-yard drives in that game. <clears throat> Plus, Tennessee was talking a whole lot of trash that we didn't hit that hard, that mm. we thought we were physical, that we thought we could run the ball, and they they questioned that. So we got an opportunity to really run the ball. Um, <laughs> so that was a really kind of a good game in that sense. Plus, that was Coach McBride's last game. So yeah, it was really awesome to kind of – Yeah, and again, you know, a little fullback like me, I mean, I just get a carry here and there, man. So the, the, it just – having that be his last game and then, you know, blocks went decent for me that game. You know, it, it, it felt special to see him afterwards and to know we put up a W for his last and to one. send him out that like was that. special because I love Coach McBride, man. Oh, yeah. I won against his black search, you know, so <laughs> all kinds of respect and love. So, yeah, so that was really special to me. Man, as far as, as, as the loss, you know, one that really stung and really hurt was when we played uh, Texas at Texas. Oh, yeah. Mm. Actually, that season. You know, we had a couple of turnovers – but other than that, statistically, we had beat them across the board. Um, that one was – I was really frustrated on that one because, you know, I'm trying to come back off a high ankle sprain. You know how that is. You got your injections. You're still going, doing the best you can. I felt one-legged. Um, and so, you know, I had an opportunity to run a trap here or there. And as soon as that ankle got grabbed, I'm like, I'm down, you know, because right. you just couldn't – you can't – You had no push-off you, on you know, it. No, and as soon as that thing gets bent anyway, you're, you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't – going to my my blocks like I would have liked to so that one was tough because it just it's really people don't understand how important like that fullback spot is and and as a team we still did well we we did well but you know you you want to bring your best to the game you know what I mean um and and my blocks were fine it just you I was you know you just want to do even that much better so that game was tough because I mean honestly when you're looking at our whole season for that 99 season Hey, we messed up a little bit where we we had a lot of fumbles. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We turned the ball over a lot, but yeah. we still balled. Right. And a lot of people I, had chose us that we would have won a national championship regardless. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really didn't matter because we still were able to run the ball and hold the ball when it really counted. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. That's yeah, no, just end of the year. That, end of the year, Nebraska's playing the best football of any school. I mean, congratulations to Florida State and Virginia Tech for playing in the national championship game that year, but Nebraska probably should have been in one of those oh, spots. Oh, yeah. Self-inflicted. <clears throat> Self-inflicted. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, it was just one so, loss. It was at Texas. Yes, sir. So, yeah. Well, so, that's what I say with those. The, eventually, and we, especially, you know, guys that, you know, with regards, regards if you play D1, D2, D3, obviously pro football, but Coach Osborne would say this a lot. I remember this. 
You say, fellas, eventually the applause stop. Mm. Eventually the applause stop. A lot of folks have a hard time dealing with that when the applause stop. I mean, we see it in pro football, pro basketball, college, when the, the lights are out. Mm. You know, there's no one applauding anymore. You know, mm. that, that you have to find another way to express that, you know, that, that competition or that, that, that the high, if you would, to enjoy it and to, to bring the best out of yourself. You get done with a great college career, and you decide to go into corporate America. But you did something to stay competitive again. You're like, I didn't want to take a job here in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You said you didn't want to live off the Nebraska name. And not that you loved it, but you, mm-hmm. wanted, to, you wanted to go out and get it by yourself, just like you've right. always done it. I wanted to right. get it on my own, not right. because of what I've done in the past. You go to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Okay, you move out there, pharmaceutical sales. Tell us about when, you, when football stopped for you and what happened after that. You know, with football, it it was interesting with me because, again, when I was playing, I was that guy who sat in the very front row. I didn't wear any of my football stuff. So I wasn't the guy that was really gleaming off, you know, that that, that notoriety, if you will. But I can say that once it was gone, it it was like I was lost in a sense because, you know, every day I had a certain regimen. You get up a certain time, you go to class for a certain time, you do your practice for a certain time, right. you know, everything, you know, everything's structured. So it, you had that freedom that it's not structured, but you also had that freedom like, man, this is, it's, it's too unstructured. That That's how it felt for me, mm-hmm. you know? And like you said, I mean, I went out there and I started doing, like I did pharmaceutical sales out there and there's a lot of stuff I had to learn and everything like that. And I, I really enjoyed that. Like I, I love learning, but also one of the things I found is that, I love working as a team, right? Yeah. I like the team. Camaraderie. And, and the camaraderie and everything else. And when you get into, like, corporate America in a sense, man, every, it, it's competition. Yeah. You know? Especially it, in pharmaceutical it, sales. It, yeah, it's competition. Mm-hmm. So everybody's kind of out for themselves, and that's just not the way I'm wired. And so I always work with my teammates. I always uplifted them because at the end of the day, when everybody's doing, you know, hey, everybody's doing well, it works out for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's kind of – how I ventured off the field, kind of looking for that mm, common ground in corporate America. And I was very disappointed to find out that that's not really how that worked. Mm-hmm. You know? You know, the neck pain didn't mm-hmm. really ever stop. Mm-hmm. Legs pain never stopped. Mm-hmm. When you look at the hits you took on the field, and how you endured those. How did those hits differ off the field and how that changed the trajectory of your life for a little bit? You know, like you said, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm living with that physical pain. The knees are achy breakies, as VGN I like to talk about, right? The jokes, <laughs> achy breaky knees, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, walking around like you 80 and we were literally, what, 22, 23 yeah. years old. But yes, knees are killing me. Back, killing me. I need to have surgery. Uh, replace this between my L4, L5. Everybody I know who's getting surgery is getting it again and again mm. and again, right? And I'm like, I'm not doing that. So, you know, hey, the, 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 the medication started early, right? As soon as I got off the field, right, where I was given that hydrocodone. And I can say that during that transitional time period, it's like I am sitting here and I am on a prescribed medication that is prescribed for a need that I have that I'm literally in pain, right? Mm-hmm. But what people don't realize, that's 20 years ago, right? 20 years ago, people weren't as aware as they are today right. of how addictive pain medications 
are. Mm-hmm. You know, people sit there today and, oh, my God, how can a person get addicted to something? It's like, well, it's kind of easy to get addicted to something that if you look at the actual statistics related to the initial studies where there are patients who are all removed that have any kind of mental disorder, any kind of physical thing kind of going on, and they still have horrible numbers, right? Right, And that medication still gets released. I mean, you're going to have this. This is going to be a result. But again, looking at this, this is the point where, yeah, I needed it. I was hurting, um, and I was prescribed it. Mm-hmm. But during that time, like you said, when those hits are coming off the field and in life, I'm not noticing that. I'm walking around like like uh, The Rock and Ballers. I don't know if you guys ever seen Ballers, <laughs> but, you know, he's walking around. He's got what looks like a little bottle of his little Skittles, right? And he's mm-hmm. constantly taking them because, again, he's in pain. But that's the truth. That, mm. that is what will happen as far as when you're on that prescribed medication, you have played football. This is the thing that I would say to a certain doctor. A doctor was looking at me like, do you, do you really need this or whatever? I look at him right and have you ever played football? Mm. So no one can speak to me on that because, especially, but have you ever played fullback? You know, because, again, right. that's my life was hitting and hitting and hitting. So, you know, that that's kind of how that kind of went, man. It's just kind of. Before I knew it, life had kind of got away, you know, and then before I knew it, it just kind of slipped on down and did a downward dive and downward spiral, you know. You know, I looked back to what you said earlier about the accident, mm-hmm. you know, and you look at the injury, um, your junior year, you know, like I said, to where you weren't able to play as much. Mm-hmm. You look at the high ankle sprain that just, as people, if you ever had those, they just kind of don't go away unless you just rest it and stay off of it. You know, you move, you relocate, you go to a different state. Your body's hurting. It's in pain. You mentioned that, this, you know, like this spiral that you went down. How much did you get up to weight-wise? I, I literally got up to 420 pounds, and I was I was weighing between 380 to 420 for a decade, literally. Now, folks, think about this for literally. a second. You played at two what? About 260, 265. And then went to 425 pounds. Mm-hmm. 420, yep. Mm-hmm. How did you, when you went through that period and were going through that period, did you miss the regimen and the accountability of a team during that? Did you just feel just kind of like isolated at that point? At that point, man, I just felt isolated. Um, because let's, let's back it up too. And it's like, you know, my downward fall, like I said, I made a very poor decision. I made a poor decision, and I pretty much suffered the most embarrassing moment of my life because when I got in trouble, right, mm-hmm. when I got in trouble, see, I didn't I hadn't played football. My name hadn't been in no no highlights, no no anything. Right. I'm done, right? Then I get in trouble in 08. I was ex-Husker, fullback, oh, Willie yeah. Miller. <laughs> yeah. And like I yeah. said, the, the the thing for me is, Coach Osborne, just like for you, was like a second father, Yeah. right? And, and a man who – led me so much on the right path mm-hmm. to have the moment where you detour off that path on your own, yeah. removed from that figure, that, that man, that that buried me, mm-hmm. right? That buried me in a sense where I didn't look up at the sky. I literally did not look up for five years. I calculated that. I did not look up for five years. So when you're feeling that kind of way and you got your little medication and you can't walk further than 10 to 15 yards, that's how it is. That's how it is, you know, period. That's how it is. 
folks, this is it's just it's it's so much. Regardless, if you if you're going through something tonight and you listen to the radio just to kind of get away and check off a little bit, or man, you're just trying to find out some information about uh, former Husker fullback Willie Miller. This dude is just sharing his heart, and regardless of what you're going through, and that's why I started the show out with um, resilience, resolve, and redemption. Because when you hear about what he's what he also you know, kind of the tail part what he's been through, but what he's doing now. No matter what you're going through, you can make it through. This is Riffin' with Raf and AD. We're here with Willie Miller, former Nebraska fullback. We're going to pay some bills. We'll be right back with you. This is a 30-second stereo radio for Trade School in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title, Project Planning Homeowner 101. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from The Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 live stream workshops from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com workshops. Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can take on the world, like the Nissan LEAF. It can move racing forward and take your breath away, like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 8 billion miles driven by LEAF owners globally since 2010. 2023 Aria has limited availability. All-wheel drive expected availability early 2023, subject to change. 